Welcome to the Lead Team Podcast. Every week, the Lead Team at Tate Springs will review our Sunday services, everything from the message to worship and whatever else comes to our minds. Let's dive in. All right, well, welcome to another episode of the Lead Team Podcast. Today we have Pastor Curtis, we have Pastor Ron, we have Minister Jason, <laughs> and we have a special guest today. It's like we the have... WWE for pastors. <laughs> yeah. Pastor Curtis, Pastor Ron, Minister Sunday. Jason. Yeah, Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Royal Rumble is this Sunday. Royal Rumble! We have Sunday, members Sunday, meeting. Sunday, though. Sunday. Yeah, we'll be uh, doing doing business though, church business in that evening. And we have special guests today. We have Houston Arliss. Houston is here. Yes. He's our new next gen minister. Welcome, Houston. Bringing the heat. Howdy. Howdy. Glad he's, that you're he's here. Minister Houston, then. Minister Houston. Yeah. So Houston's here, and he's uh, here not only to join us, but also to learn how to record this thing. Because when Jason leaves, <laughs> all of us are pretty much lost. So we need some young young guy to come in and make sure. Except I don't know, Curtis. You know some tech stuff. You used to own a tech business or something yeah so. i doubt i could figure it out i'd be totally lost yeah but with recording things to a <laughs> you've got enough on your plate i can record something to a phone i think i probably can handle it but but you know i'll let somebody else do that <laughs> good idea so we're here we're uh we're still in our win in rome series which we are actually kind of coming to a close of that we only have a few weeks left of it and uh in fact today i've been preparing uh for the next sermon series which if you're listening i'll go ahead and let you know it's going to be on uh, the Apostles' Creed. Well, so I'm, alert. I'm thinking about titles for that right now, but it's going to be fun. We're going to take uh, a line from uh, the Apostles' Creed and use that kind of as a prompt. And, of course, the Creed itself comes from the Scriptures, so we're going to use the Scriptures, of course, as uh, the text, and we'll recite the Apostles' Creed each week together. Um, and it's really just a way for us to be reminded of the very fundamentals of our faith which is uh, really important because we live in a very complex world with a bunch of information. And sometimes you just got to get back to the essentials. And so it's going to be fun. Um, we're thinking about doing some fun stuff with the kids ministry. And I know Houston and I've talked yeah. about how to apply that to the students. So anyways, just kind of uh, give you a sneak peek into that. We're planning that, but we are here to talk about Sunday. And so uh, today's Monday, yesterday, we talked about Romans 8, uh, 26 through 27. And um, we talked about living on a prayer. And Whoa! We go. What's Sorry. the compression like? We're halfway <laughs> there! I, I, I'm worried about the compression. That's why that I kept point. it real far away. Yeah, but you don't understand the DVs. You're oh, I, I mean, I'm in the same building. It's like, still loud enough. Probably 90 easily. Some people, yeah. some people, their speakers just broke. As they're yes. driving down the road to work. We'd like to explain that to you. That's what we yeah. call distortion, Cats everybody. Were crying. That's distortion. That could happen at any moment, listeners, with, with Jason. <laughs> well, Jason's here. Distortion is just on the horizon. Whoa, we're <laughs> I did think. Whoa, so when I walked up on the platform take yesterday, I'll make it hold on, we'll just go let this run its course. <laughs> We're going to get copyright flagged. Podcast is going to be released. We are going to get copyright flagged. On so when, when I walked up and I started playing, I thought, that doesn't sound like no. And then I was like, that's kind of cool. And then I realized it was happening. And I wish I missed a moment because when you went back up there and took the mic, I wish I was like quick enough on my feet to grab my mic and duetted with you. Right. But uh, I missed the moment. It's all good. I, I've regretted it ever since, though. Yeah. <laughs> For 24 hours of your life. Yeah, I didn't sleep last night. When you retired for the past 
pastor you're going to say i remember that day that yeah. i didn't join him with jason biggest regret that was the that Tony. was the time that was the time for I missed my, infection yeah the, I miss, reunion. yeah the reunion <laughs> the reunion i missed my moment there we should do a staff infection reunion it's been years bro it's, it's been, been like years. all of us yeah. even you ron we can get you doing something there we can give you an egg we should we should do that we hey do seriously let's we'll do it on your serious. on your last sunday yeah. let's do some song you know i, I play i can if it's g e minor c or d i can <laughs> you play, play guitar you can play keys <laughs> jason can you, you can play accordion ron, you can just run we'll get him accordion hey how about uh, lord i lift you your name too. on high i can play bass there you go yeah, yeah. houston can play i'm bass, actually yeah. dancing i don't know why that i don't is. know you do know that okay we discussed <laughs> this last week you do know there's no video here. like it's an audio I've podcast. always i've just got to draw the attention to myself though we could do let's do lord i lift your name on <laughs> With the wave motion. With the wave motion. Ron. Ron's got the motions. <laughs> so I'll be off beat, I guarantee you. <laughs> it's, it's an we'll, egg. It doesn't we'll matter. We'll give him an egg, but we'll take all the little, the little things, out beads it. out from inside. An so when he shakes it. An egg is inherently off beat. It's its, it's, it's nature. There was one time. Tambourine time, baby. My band and I were traveling, and they had decided, like, management had decided, okay, you're going to sing these XYZ songs. And none of them included me as the lead, but they were like, but we can't just have Jason up there, like, literally doing nothing but just harmonies every now and then. <laughs> so they gave me a tambourine. Oh, that's a terrible mistake. And I, yeah, I don't know the tambourine. Like, it's it actually complicated. So much harder to play than people think it is. And we did one take, and they were like, hey, Jason, get not the ladies, the I saw play it. Not the way you play it? No, I said, no, I said not the way I saw ladies play it. Just oh, under yeah. Head. I I couldn't get it though, and so they first take. They're like, nope, lose the tambourine, and they just said yeah. make them look pretty. And, yeah. yeah, no, Ron, we'll give you a tambourine, but you have to watch twenty hours of the monkeys on video and watch how Davy does the tambourine. How about a cowbell? Always cowbell. more cowbell. Come, come, more cowbell. Yeah, definitely more. Let's do that though, Jason. Band, think of a song. Way. Think of a song. Yeah, I will. Yeah, G C minor D. You got it. I got Chris you. Tomlin style. G C minor. I know where it's. I understand. I only hey, play one and four anyways. I learned four chords to lead our youth our youth worship, and mm -hmm. I, that's when I stopped learning. So, so you know all the music theory you need. Yeah, for worship. For lady. worship. If you've got a capo. For youth worship, yeah. And I have, and I use a capo, yeah. So I can use a capo if it translates. You I'm can sing any... that there will be HVAC issues on that Sunday morning during that time. Well, is that... <laughs> how strong of a prophecy is that? I mean, I think percentage <laughs> of likelihood is like 70 around here that's with not our... really a prophecy wrong that's a certainty <laughs> all right so let's get back on track so living on a prayer living on a prayer we um you gonna sing no I'm okay good, good. I'm good. I, got, right. I got it up. all right so living <laughs> on a prayer and uh and the idea of the text is how the holy spirit prays intercedes for us when we just don't have the words and um you know it really it i'll just say you know the last couple of uh texts have uh, and I love the Lord does this all the time, but especially these these last two times, one on suffering, and then this last one on prayer. Uh, the texts have really just ministered to me, you know. And mm -hmm. so in my sermon prep, it was ministering to me. And so when I'm preaching, uh, I'm not just kind of theorizing. I'm not saying, "Hey, here's a biblical theory that may or may not work." It's something that is, you know, very uh, near and dear to me um, with uh, with my own prayer life lately. So. Uh, I know Curtis wasn't here. He visited um, our mission church. Um, mm -hmm. We have a church member named Vincent who is, uh, you know, essentially planting a church. And yeah. so he's over there and, and preaching. And so Curtis went there. So Curtis wasn't here. Yeah, I had a great um, time. It was awesome. Yeah. So Curtis Curtis is here, but he wasn't here. But he's I, here right I now. I watched part of the message on the stream yeah. after. 
So I know part of what you said. Part of what I said. Yeah. I actually so that was, really appreciated though, like the the way you talked about the way the Holy Spirit like intercedes for us. <laughs> it's just not something that gets talked about in churches. And yeah. so I I appreciate that you went there, even though I only got about halfway through the message. I have no idea. Like I feel like I missed the big landing sermon in the sentence moment. I literally pulled a rat about rabbit out of the hat at the end. Okay, I didn't do that, but, but okay. it was incredible. Metaphorically, metaphorically, I literally, I, was gonna say I literally, literally metaphorically pulled a rabbit out of a hat. I'm trying to figure out what that looked like, but you know, it's a metaphor, Curtis. It's a metaphor for a literal rabbit. Yeah, gotcha. I, I'm totally envisioning that right now. My head is smoking. <laughs> Nobody can see that either, Jason. <laughs> right. So. It's like Zoolander. It's like. How are the children going to learn if they can't fit inside what of the building? What is this? A building for ants. <laughs> <laughs> More copyright. Oh, the files are in the computer. <laughs> All right. It is. It is like his best work. Let's be honest. So. All right. So what did uh? So what um? How did the Lord speak to you guys? You know, through that text. So I love the emphasis. Once again, your sermon on a sentence last week. The trials we have endured is dwarfed by the triumph God has secured. And then this week's just said so well um, and it just thoughtful because I absolutely leveraged last week's message into this week's worship and it really was impacting me. And then thinking about this week's that the spirit and I, I'm just reading it straight. The spirit doesn't just translate our desires into God's language. He translates God's desire into our lives. I love that second half because of just being reminded that it's not about me trying to achieve anything. It's about letting the spirit do the work in me that brings me yeah. you know, to completion in Christ and, and allowing him to work. Yeah, and that is the heart of prayer. I think uh, it's really easy for us to miss what prayer is, um, which is not to change God's mind, mm -hmm. but to change our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we understand that, um, it does fundamentally change how we approach prayer. And um, and so the, the cool thing about this text is that um, not only does it speak to us whenever we don't have the words to pray, but it reminds us that even when we do, our prayers tend to be uh, going, they, they tend to not uh, be aiming in, in the center. And so we're reminded of the need for God's help in helping us talk to God. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's a really good thing for us to remember. That doesn't uh, free us. So one of the things, you know, Amanda and I were talking about after, um, after the, Sunday service was how it doesn't free us be, just because we know we're weak in prayer doesn't mean that given give us an excuse not to pray. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus does tell us, Hey, here's how you ought to pray. You know? And so we, uh, since Curtis, what we did do at the end uh, on a serious note is we actually offered a prayer guide uh, for, uh, for the congregation where they could go. All they had to do was give us their social security number uh, and a uh, $999 and 99 cent deposit. But, and uh, they got a prayer guide. No, prayer is free, y'all. I always laugh whenever I see prayer things where it's like, give you know, give us this money so we can hold this prayer meeting. I'm like, man, last time I checked, prayer was free, you know. But um, so anyways, it was a prayer guide based on the Lord's Prayer. And that was how we wrapped it up um, because Jesus gives us the words whenever we... We don't have them. Well, I think um, like one of the things that that's important to understand is you talk about like when you don't know what to say that the Holy Spirit inter intercedes for us, but also 
you know, there's people who don't want to pray. I don't know how to pray. I don't know, you know, should I pray this person be healed? Do I pray this person go to see Jesus soon? Like, what am I supposed to pray? And I think that when we pray with the right heart and the right focus, that the Holy Spirit then takes our intentions, that even if we don't have the right vocabulary at times, and communicates those intentions, like our the desire of our heart, which is supposed to be after God's own heart, that desire, um, and that the Holy Spirit says, I got you. You know, like you don't have to say the perfect thing. This is why uh, a, a five-year-old can pray a prayer that's going to be very simple from a literary aspect, yet they something very profound could be communicated to God because the Holy Spirit knows, you know, their hearts and knows the innocent in and in the intention behind it that they may not be able to verbalize. Yeah. So Jared, in in your sermon um, slides and stuff like that, I like to go through them. That helps me review quite a bit. And number two could use some explanation for me and maybe some some other people listening. It says God's heart to heart within the Trinity opens the door to a heart to heart with us. So I'm thinking we're kind of going into like the fact that we worship through the Trinity and stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. it is, it is three in one. Could you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. So, um, the, the verse there, verse 27, uh, talks about how the father and the spirit communicate to one another. And really, when you think about the triune nature of God, it is what separates Christianity from everything else. And, uh, and so when you, whenever you misunderstand the Trinity, um, whenever you fail to believe in the Trinity, uh, you have fundamentally mis misunderstood Christianity. And so uh, I think of verses like, I was going through our uh, Nehemiah kids basically for, uh, this morning with the kids, and we were talking about God's love and how we can love one another. And of course, First John says, we love because he first loved us. And he loves us in that God, and this is what I told the kids, is like, lo God loves himself. And so there is, there is this relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And out of that relationship comes uh, these characteristics, these perfections of God uh, that we are exposed to, and we can em emulate those things to one another. And, and so when, when we get a picture of the Father and the Spirit basically having a heart-to-heart -heart, um, and, uh, and being unified, and so they're, they're, they're not having a heart-to-heart uh, as if it's like, hey, let's sit down. We need to have a come to Jesus meeting. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the spirit <laughs> and the father. Uh, they are always right. uh, there. Yeah. So there, there is no come to Jesus meeting because they are always there right. in, in the fullness of uh, of themselves. And so um, we get a picture of the father and the spirit and, and kind of a conversation that they have about us. And so when they when they converse, that then translates on to us for our benefit. And, uh, and then we, out of their heart-to-heart, -heart, can actually have a heart-to-heart -heart with God. So think about uh, God in heaven. Uh, he has this, uh, this conversation this in, in unity with, with himself, and that then gives us the ability to be in unity with him. And it's a beautiful picture, really. Mm -hmm. um, of, uh, and that's what prayer is. So prayer actually is a response. It's a gift that comes to us from God himself being able to commune with him. I think that's also really something that separates Christianity from all other religions because, I mean, it's what we, you know, sang yesterday in Jude, um, unto him in Jude 24, 25, unto him, the one true God. You know, once once we recognize 
you know, him as the one true eternal king. And then the fact that he allows us to commune with him, it sets it sets it completely apart. Our faith, our experience, everything we go through. Yeah. We know that we have someone who sympathizes and is with us. Yeah. 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 Well, what else? Ron Houston? I came in towards the end. <clears throat> One of the things I remember teaching people too in discipleship is I always called a popcorn prayer. Sometimes when you don't have time to do this elaborate old prayer, sometimes it's just, you know, God help me this time of need, yeah. you know, kind of something real quick, short, and to the point um, that brought to my mind whenever you was talking about when you don't know what to say, mm-hmm. um, you just open up the line of communications and let the Spirit talk through. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting when you think about it. So, like, when I'm when I'm talking to, uh, to one of you guys in a conversation, um, if I'm struggling with what to say, you can't really help me figure it out because you don't know, mm-hmm. you know? So if I'm trying to explain something to Curtis and I'm just stumbling over my words, you're not going to be able to, you're, you're sitting there waiting for me to figure it out. What do you want to say, Jerry? Yeah. Just yeah. spit it out. Wellman, you know, come, come, come on, say it. Yeah. You got it. But got it. with, with, <laughs> When we talk to the Lord, it's quite different because he is our creator and he knows us intimately. Mm-hmm. And um, and I really got to nerd out on that point. You know, I brought all my Tolkien books. books and yeah, um, I was kind of like, oh, wow. That Ed, was really the, uh, it made the book, the the table really <clears throat> heavy because usually I, I can lift it with one hand. And then I, I went to lift and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I know. Trust me, I was while you were praying, I was moving it. It was like leaving an indention in my finger. Um, so I really had a hard time connecting at first. And then I'm like, okay, that was really good. But, but at first it was like, Jared, Jared. I only got through like when you were starting to introduce the books and then I had to turn it off because I had to go to a lunch so appointment. So the point was, um, the point was, you know, Tolkien is a different kind of author because he's not just an author, he's a creator. So as a philologist, he's created like 14 different languages. A for, philologist? Yeah. Someone who studies language. Huh. Someone yeah. who studies philology. I just learned something. Falafels. That's yeah, he great. makes falafels. <laughs> My wife knows like five languages. Yeah, so he was, that's what he was. He wow. wasn't He wasn't an author. In fact, he created Lord of the Rings because he created languages and he wanted yeah. a world to, for them to exist in. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he said a, a language isn't really a language. Words don't have meaning until they're just... Something There's a sign. story yeah, connected yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So he had so he, to... So Lord of the Rings actually is like, Kind of like a bystander to languages. Philologification. There you go. The the Lord of the Rings is just the byproduct of the language he created. So even I remember J.K. Rowling. I listened to her once talk about uh, the writing of Harry Potter, which is uh, not as extensive of a world as Lord of the Rings. No, no story really is. It's you know that's why it's Lord of the Rings. But I mean, except for the Bible. Well, you know, I'm talking about like <laughs> you're talking fiction, human authors. That's yeah. the original yeah, yeah, creation, yeah. creator, you know. And um, but she even said, you know, I went through and I and I tried to think through what are the things that happen in a society that really make a society. This is why the game of Quidditch, for example, is in there because she was like, sports is something that brings a society together. So she created a sport, you know. Um, so when Tolkien. So the, the illustration was, here's a book that Tolkien wrote on the idea of stories. Here's a book that Tolkien wrote on the origin. So the Cimmerillion, he never published while he was alive, but it was the one that he spent the most time on. It was the origin of Middle Earth. Uh, and I think his son, Christopher, uh, ended up publishing it. 
And then um, I had an encyclopedia. I had the uh, the book on languages. The four, you mm-hmm. know, you could actually study the languages. Yeah. I've not done that, but I just like to collect Tolkien books, and probably won't because I would rather study, you know, Hebrew or Greek or something. But the point was, look at all this work that this author put into creating a world. And uh, and the point was like what Ron was saying is now think about God as creator, and so as much as Tolkien created characters and histories and cultures. God did the same thing with us. And if we're going to believe it about, you know, these stories and get into it, why would we not believe it about the real story about the real creator? Yeah. And, uh, and so God, um, is intimately acquainted with us and to bring it all together when we don't know the words and we're trying to tell God what's going on. He just is like, listen, you know, I know you're struggling with your words, but let me tell you what you're trying to say. Yeah. And I think good. that's really meaningful. Yeah. yeah that is good. Yeah. I like that. So, yeah. um, yeah, so that was uh, that was Sunday. You know, we um, this Sunday is going to be living with purpose, and so Romans eight twenty eight is the first verse, and God works all things out for the go the good of those who love uh, love God. And do you have a song for that, Jason? I do. And if God is for us, Chris Tomlin. Yeah, there you go. Hey, can it's I play a, on that? Yeah, hundred percent. Also, Jason, I love the Jude song, and I love that our church is learning it. Yeah, uh, but we're we're still learning it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It was very evident at one point. We're still learning it. I was like, "Ooh, I forgot the words. They forgot the words." And we're all just kind of like, "Hey, we yeah. recovered." God, God knew our hearts. He did. He did. We we didn't know the words, but the Lord did. He <laughs> sang them back to himself. Amen. So the Holy Spirit interceded there too. Oh, uh, well, always. Uh, somebody needs to. It looked bad on this side. But I'm sure it looked good on the other. But uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll continue, and then um, and uh, that'll finish out Romans 8. Then after that, we're taking three chapters in Romans all together, Romans 9, 10, and 11. Wow. And uh, the reason for that is because we could spend a year in those three chapters, yeah. but Paul's making a really sophisticated argument that I think if I tried to preach Romans 9 without referencing Romans 11, mm-hmm. I think we would miss it. So I just wanted to just kind of say, hey, here's this really difficult um, chapter that talks about how God uh, created Pharaoh for this purpose of hardening his heart, which is really hard for us to understand. But let's go to Romans 11 and see what Paul says about this, about, you know, who's been the, the counselor of the Lord. So I'm really, uh, I'm really liking uh, Romans. It's been, it's been a fun study for me personally. And, and I've been uh, really grateful for how the, the church is responding to the word and um, it's been good. Uh, it's been some really great Sunday morning services here in 2024. So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we'll pick this back up next next week. And uh, we are so grateful that you are listening. And feel free to reach out if you have any questions about the sermon. Maybe we can do some kind of like mailbag or something and include that in the podcast. So maybe we can think about that. So yeah, so that's two things we'll do. Number one, We'll have staff infection, which if you're listening, you don't know what that means. That is the staff worship band, which doesn't exist until it does. It's existed for one few minute cycle. Uh, like we revive it. Ago. We revive it at our whim. Yeah. Hey, one time Jason and I wrote a song about the convention. Do you remember? Oh, that? that's true. We did. That was a long time ago. That was an unknown reunion. Yeah. Those are the silent years. Mm. Yeah. That, that I regret means. us doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to bring it up, but... Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye.
Thanks for listening. At Tate Springs, we want to help you discover your part in God's story. Connect with us at tatesprings.com. We'll see you next time.